to Datsuk. What a move! Right in! Oh. Scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep! That's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line. Chance scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hey, Hockey Town, that is right, guys. We have a new intro in Octopi Hockey Town. It says my name, yes, oh yes, I'm so happy about it. You do not even understand. I love it, I love it, I love it. But enough of me blabbering in your ear about my personal excitement. It is I, guys. It is I, Austin Goodman, and wow, that was a lot to handle. I love that intro, but it's all right, because if you think that was a lot to handle, then I think you might need to buckle your seatbelts, because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings this week on Octopi Hockey Town. The Detroit Red Wings are currently two points behind the Columbus Blue Jackets for the last spot in the Eastern Conference after a very disappointing loss last night. The Jackets put away three goals past Peter Mrazek, who was called up for Jimmy Howard and Jonas Gustafsson. Howard has the flu, and Gustafsson, his groin's been aching him a little bit, but he did get back out on the ice and practice on Tuesday morning. He just was not ready for the game. The Wings were tied with Columbus going into the game, but guys, there is still some hockey left to be played when you're going out there for that very, very important third period, and the Columbus Blue Jackets put it away past the Red Wings and unfortunately put them two points back. Although the Wings are not currently in the playoffs this season, guys, It's not over, and the team is not quitting, and we'll talk about that later on in the episode. The youngsters are continuing to grow, even though there was a loss to Thomas Yurko, who actually went down with a rib injury. He will not be playing on Friday against the Edmonton Oilers, but, you know, I'm not really too disappointed about that because they're pulling up Pelikonen, and I think that he's really going to be able to give those youthful Tatar and Sheehan that spot to just move around the puck well enough to get past the Edmonton Oilers and I think guys you know you can hope and pray Daniel Cleary and Yurko Howard and Gustafson will all be healthy by that time but those are just four players that I named out of the very long list of injured Red Wings and that continues to plague the Wings we will also be talking more in depth about that later you know like I was saying, these younger youngsters continue to grow, but the veterans started to step it up a little bit. They put seven goals against uh, the New Jersey Devils on Friday night. We're going to break down the best and the worst, the top, and the guys that just got to stop all in that first segment on Octopi Hockey Town today. The Wings skated out of their loss on Tuesday, though, guys, against the Jackets, only collecting three of a possible ten points in the past five games. Per usual, I'll give you some recap on the week that has passed, in-depth insight on the four, on the five games that they have had since we have last talked about this on Octopi. After we talk about the week that has passed, I want to open up a debate that we will continue on a special edition episode coming out later this week. The question is, can the Red Wings keep their streak alive? And the biggest part of the question, why do you think it can happen? I think that it is going to happen this season, guys. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be hard. But I think the Red Wings are a fighting team. They always have been. They're always good down the stretch. And guys, we have not hit the stretch yet. The stretch is the last 10 games of the season. The Red Wings were up against the wall with four games left last year, and they were able to get themselves out of it. So we'll give a little bit of analysis, look to the past, and see what we can do for the future. 
The trade deadline did come and go, but the Red Wings did not fault this time. They picked up David Legwand, who's, who has been playing impressively. He has one goal and two assists after joining the team. The Red Wings flipped Patrick Eves, Callie Yarkonik, who was a prospect at the centerman position. But as everybody knows, the, the Wings are very deaf at center. Currently, all of their centers are injured. So Callie Yarkonik would have been a great player. But, you know, it's okay. We got David Legwand into the locker room at the Detroit Red Wings. Joe Lewis Arena, that is being broken down after this season. So hopefully for the last season, David Legwan can step in there and boost his team into a playoff spot. And hopefully those injuries can end. And a third round draft pick, let me add to that flip. So it was Patrick Eves, Kelly Yarkonik, and a third round draft pick for the assistant captain from the Nashville Predators, David Legwand, who is now the first-line centerman playing beside Johan Franzen and Gustav Nyquist. Guys, we are talking about this acquisition so much because it will affect the Red Wings greatly this season, and it will strongly make an impact on the chances of them making the playoffs. All of this, and of course, the entertainment of I, playing around, crazy analysis, crazy talking. I love just ranging to you guys in Octobi Hockey Town. So... Let's move into that first segment that we have, and it's the best and worst of the week. And I like doing this first because, guys, you know, it's really hard to fully grasp what's going on, you know, throughout the entire game. If you are watching sports and you're a sports lover and then you watch hockey, there's so much going on. It's kind of like baseball. If you don't know the statistics, then you will never be able to just go to a game and grab statistics on a baseball game because there are just far too many. It's far too quick. And let me tell you, this hockey game, this is going quick and the season is going quick. But I would say that the biggest and the best news from this week is that Johan Franzen is on a hot streak, guys. He is playing incredibly well. Two weeks ago, he was the NHL's first star of the week, and I think that's great for Johan. He has times like these, though, and he really is turning it up at the right time that he should be. He's a veteran on the Red Wings at this point with Datsuk Zetterberg, Weisshelm, Anderson, Cleary, all of those players sitting on the bench, you know, injured, sitting in the back of the room, you know, just wishing that they could be out there helping Franzen. Franzen is helping himself by keeping a spot, making sure that his team is competing at least a little bit. You know, if it wasn't for Johan Franzen and Gustav Nyquist and this late acquisition of David Legwand, I don't know if the Red Wings would be able to compete for a playoff spot towards the end of the season. The acquisition, like I was saying, of Legwand has combined very, very well with the efforts of Nyquist and Franzen as of late. Uh, the, the line of youth continues to impress, but with Thomas Yurko going down and the Red Wings not being you know, so up to, it ain't so up to date on letting their uh, fans know what's going on uh, with their injured players, you don't know when that Thomas Tatar, Thomas Yurko, and Riley Sheehan line will be once again reunited. It, it was earlier in the season that, you know, Jonathan Erickson went down with what looked to be a very easy injury to overcome, but it turned out that he had multiple fractured ribs and wasn't able to come back to gameplay for three and a half weeks, and the loss of Thomas Yurko, who has developed so nicely this season for three and a half weeks, would be extremely hard on the Red Wings. And honestly, guys, it's very unfortunate. The only great stat that I have for you guys is they that first line against New Jersey got 
11 points. It was David Legwan, Gustav Nyquist, and Johan Franzen. In fact, after a couple of the injuries, they have split them up. Uh, the Red Wings coaching staff and Mike Babcock especially has, um, you know, tried to diversify the lines because of so many absences and great players and great utility spots. You know, the acquisition of Legwan, like I keep saying, is so massive for the Red Wings. Before he came to the team, he had 10 goals and 30 assists on the season, and it looks like he's going to just keep increasing those points, and it's lucky that the Red Wings have such an intelligent GM in Ken Holland to be able to go out there and pick up somebody of that caliber, pick up somebody that they actually need. Um, but like I was saying, that's the only good stuff that I had from this week, guys. The Wings went, and they only collected three points in five games. I mean, that's a 10-point week right there, and you only get three of them. That's a 30%. That is not, not, not a good rate going for the Red Wings right now. I would say that the worst news from the week is the amount of injuries that piled up, you know, this list just keeps increasing and increasing. Joachim Anderson went down uh, with a broken ankle, and hey, that's two to three weeks that he's going to be out. He was the fourth, you know, third or fourth line starting center interchangeably and a massive asset on the penalty kill, and that's really going to hurt because the Red Wings have been known to make silly decisions, get themselves on the penalty kill, and now without Anderson, it's going to be a little bit harder. Um, that fourth start, you know, he's a fourth starting center that the Red Wings have lost. You know, Datsuk, Helm, Weiss, and now Anderson. That's an entire set of centermen that Mike Babcock has been working to replace pretty much all year long. And then also you could put in Henrik Zetterberg, but of course he has his herniated disc out for the rest of the regular season and potentially the playoffs if the Red Wings even make it. Darren Helm went down with headache-like symptoms after being after getting a brutal hit, which I truly don't appreciate that whatsoever because that player did not get penalized by the league and now Helm is sitting out with possible concussion-like symptoms. You know, they're back and forth, you know, in his head. I don't know if anybody's ever had a concussion. I personally have. It's really hard to get over concussion-like symptoms because you're just sitting there and you're spinning out and, you know, it's just like you feel like you want to puke and with the NHL, the high-speed Darren Helm cannot be back out on the ice. You know, supposedly he'll be back within the week or so, hopefully towards the Chicago game, um, rather than later into that. The end. You know, the next week coming up, that Chicago game is this upcoming up Sunday. Hopefully, the Red Wings can get through and be able to accomplish something before then. If they don't have Darren Helm, you know, they're going to need to rely on somebody else against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, like I was saying earlier, David Legwan is going to be a massive asset filling up that spot. You know, because he knows how the Chicago Blackhawks is, have played coming from the Western Conference. It'll be a good matchup. It always is against the Blackhawks. But right now, the Red Wings are injured. Um, Stephen Weiss had a setback in his recovery. He was supposed to be back out on the ice on Monday, but unfortunately got a setback. He's getting tests done. And hopefully, you know, we can see Stephen Weiss on a Red Wings jersey this season. The guy was real good in Florida. He had a rough start to his season because he was having a sports-related injury. And, you know, that just happened. Over time, you need to be able to cure your body to be able to continue to play the sport that you love. And unfortunately, Stephen Weiss with the setback, it's rough news, but it's no surprise to me. Um, there isn't much downtime when you're in rehab in professional sports, and I think he just you know, didn't have enough rest time. 
Jonas Gustafsson, he's been having groin issues all season long. Played exceptionally well against the New Jersey Devils, except for a little bit of a lapse in the second period. I think it was more of a mental lapse. You know, one goal shorthanded, another quick goal, and then the third, you know, was kind of a trickler against those Devils. And, you know, I think Gustafsson just... He tweaked that groin in that game clearly, and I think it was in that second period. He came out, and the Red Wings really supported him in the third. He probably expressed to his players, you know, guys, I'm hurt, but I'm going to continue playing. You know, I, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but Gustafson is going to be down. He was back to practice on, you know, yesterday, but I don't know exactly when he is going to be down and ready to play and get back into the net. Um, but he has been a great asset for the Wings. He's gotten a lot of victories for the Red Wings this season, and I think it's you know real good. For the top player of the week, though, and sorry, really quickly, I just want to go back to this to the injury list. That's the list. And let me count that for you. It is one, two, three, four, five, six people deep, not including Jimmy Howard, who has the flu, not including Thomas Yurko that I had already mentioned before. You know, guys, it's really starting to scare me. And I I don't, I completely am going to be honest with all the fans and listeners of Octopi Hockey Town. I don't know if the Red Wings are going to be able to make the playoffs simply because of this injury list. I would not be saying that if the injury list was not this long at this time of the season. Truly, I have not seen an injury list this bad coming down the stretch for probably about four or five years since, you know, the top man Lidstrom was down with his foot injury back in the day. But, you know, I want to move on to this top player of the week and the top player honestly is just of the top line it was that Yona Yona sorry about that guys Johan Franson Gustav Nyquist and David Legwand you know three of the best players on the wings right now and that's a fact David Legwand has hit the ground running since his contract signing on March 5th and you know he has two goal or one goal two assists um he got he was a part of an 11 point night for one single line for the Red Wings and that single line carried them through the game they caught fire Corey Schneider was pulling down his glove and they let him score on him top shelf all day long um I honestly think that the players that need to step up Drew Miller he has a minus seven rating only 12 points on the season he really needs to step it up he is a good goal scorer he has a smart hockey mind but he needs to be able to fill that role he's been on the team for about four years now and I think that it's time Todd Bertuzzi he has been playing incredibly poorly this season I'm really disappointed in Bert honestly because he is a lot better than he you know has been leading everybody to believe that he is and quite frankly he hasn't been producing anything I mean he's got a couple clutch goals but in 50 games the guy only has eight goals and seven assists and he's a strong forward he can get to that net he's a minus 16 rating that means he's coughing up the puck a lot in the neutral zone he isn't getting back and helping out his defensemen which we all already know that the defensemen on the Red Wings Jonathan Erickson you know Nicholas Cromwell and Danny DeKaiser are really your only go-to defensemen. Beyond that, it's Quincy, Lashoff, and Kendall, and those three players really aren't that reliable. 
guys, it kind of makes me a little bit nervous of what's going on with this team right now. Um, you know, he isn't the only person that has a minus 16 rating right now, or, you know, even close to those numbers. Kindle has a minus 12 right now. Kyle Quincy has stepped it up a little bit. He was minus 12 before, but now he's down to minus 6. You know, he's trying to fill that role. But, you know, nine, minus 10 for Yokum Anderson, minus 8 for your Drew Miller, Minus 11 for Daniel Cleary. Minus 8 for Luke Glendening. These are players that all need to be in the positives, guys. And they're not. And that is just a straight-up fact. The Red Wings only have 172 goals for. And they have 183 goals goals against. And I got, this, got into this on the last episode of Octopi. I was saying how, you know, that isn't part of the Red Wings you know, phenomenon at all, this legacy, this dynasty that this franchise has, they have never had more goals against than they've had goals for and been able to make the playoffs. So hopefully there'll be a lot of productivity coming out of lines. There are a lot of big games coming up and the Red Wings are at a make or break moment right now coming down the stretch. I mean, it really truly is kind of intimidating that the Wings, you know, have to work so hard down the stretch to be able to compete for a playoff spot. I mean, with 17 games, left on the season guys it's nerve-wracking and hopefully you know they can pull it together so guys I want to move into the second segment here and I really want to get the opportunity to talk about each one of these games you know and I like doing this just because there are a couple things within the games besides besides the statistics you know that a lot of people don't catch and there are a lot of you know consistencies and a lot of other things you know I, I preview each week's set of games um, and I thought the Red Wings were going to win this game with a score of four to two. You know, I was wrong. They actually lost the game with a score of four to three. Steven Gianta got a goal against the Detroit Red Wings to capitalize the game for the New Jersey Devils. Um, 19-23 into the third period. You know, guys, it's really, really easy to be able to get past those 30 seconds at the end of the third period. But the Red Wings really can't do it this season. Um, and it's really starting to hurt them. They're losing a lot of valuable points. Jimmy Howard went 25 for 29. You know, only saving 25 pucks out of 29 with a .862 you know percentage is kind of sad for a starting goaltender of the caliber of Jimmy Howard Martin Brodeur I mean he didn't play that well either but the Red Wings didn't get enough shots on him they only got 23 shots on Marty you know you know he saved 20 of them he let up three goals of the Red Wings would have been shooting a little bit more getting a couple more opportunities to score goals you know, maybe they would have been able to put this game away. Um, you know, like I said, the late goals in the games have been hurting the Red Wings astronomically. Um, and that's basically what happened in this game. It was very back and forth. You know, the Red Wings look good. New Jersey looked good. But at the end of the day, Steven Gianta, he wanted it the most, and he got it. He got that victory for um, New Jersey without the game having to go into overtime, which was very, very positive for New Jersey just because, you know, they're competing against the Red Wings for playoff spots, and they're a few points behind. You know, they just want to be able to be in that same race. And it was a great win for New Jersey, a terrible loss for the Red Wings. Um, the next game that was played was actually Lidstrom's retirement night, and it was against the Colorado Avalanche. As every you know, strong Red, Red Wings fan knows, and most. 
most hockey fans know is Colorado and the Red Wings towards you know the beginning to the end of the 90s didn't really like each other at all. Um, it was a really intense rivalry, one of the biggest brawls in NHL history. You know where Patrick Waugh and Mike Vernon were in the middle of the uh, of the rink. You know they just went at it. Patrick Waugh was all bloody, but there was no blood shed. On this night, maybe a couple tears from the family of Nicholas Lidstrom. His banner was raised to the roof. That number five will forever be in the Raptors, wherever the Red Wings may play. And I don't just say the Joe Louis Arena because they are tearing down the Joe Louis. Well, they might not tear down the Joe Louis Arena, but they definitely are building a new stadium for the Detroit Red Wings to play at. But that banner will be there alongside Iserman and the rest of the greats, um, alongside Gordy Howe, which I think is the coolest part. Um, you know, there are a couple other players up there. We don't need to list them, but you know, guys, I really, really love the fact that Nicholas Lidstrom, one of the best defensemen of all time, one of the top goal scorers and point getters of all time. You know, mainly assists, but he was a big goal scorer for a defender, um, and it truly is an honor that his jersey was raised into the rafters. But the Red Wings could not give anything for the Lidstrom family that night. Anything, I mean a victory, guys. They really needed that victory against Colorado. would have been a massive statement, a great confidence boost. Colorado is great in that Western Conference right now. But, you know, they couldn't get the game done, and they lost in overtime. And again, with several seconds left in the game, 32 seconds left in overtime, they could have made it into a shootout and contested a little bit longer. But, you know, guys, Andre Bennett got the goal. He got a snapshot past the goaltender, you know, Jimmy Howard, like I said, guys, he has not been playing very well, and he's not playing consistently. He's not playing, you know, a very strong hockey style. Once again, he only, you know, he got a very low amount of shots on him. He got 25 shots. He had a .880 save percentage, you know, and now he's down with the flu. Quite frankly, I don't think Jimmy Howard has the stuff to be able to push the Red Wings into the playoffs, even given you know, him getting healthy back on the ice, I don't know if Jimmy Howard has what it takes to have the same confidence going down the stretch that he has in years, you know, previous. And again, for this Colorado team, the reason why they have been so strong this season is because Jean-Sebastian Jaguer has been playing so well for them right now. You know, he took 37 shots, he's made 35 saves, a .946 save percentage, one goal on even save, one goal on the power play. You know, the Red Wings really could not finish the game and I'm sorry you know I said that it was a uh, a two to one loss it was a three to two loss I'm sorry about that um you know three to two loss for the Detroit Red Wings another disappointing loss um you know there were it was pretty even on the penalties taken by both teams and like I was saying before you know they were supposed to use Lidstrom's retirement as a motivation for the team you know with honoring one of the greatest players of all time you would want to you know really honor him by winning the game and they couldn't get the job done like I said Jaguar played absolutely amazing he's playing pretty well all season long 10-5-0 record you know he's completely held his team in top contention for a solid playoff run in the Western Conference I wouldn't be surprised if the Colorado Avalanche made it pretty far but they have a lot of competition over there on that Western side conference you know they got the St. Louis Blues Chicago Blackhawks you know it is really hard um in that division, and if the Red Wings were over there right now, I don't know if they would fare too well, you know, but the last thing from this game that I really took from it is Howard is just straight up struggling late in games, especially with a few seconds left, um, and same with the defenders, I mean, there are simple 
keys to hockey that aren't being accomplished throughout the game, but mainly at the end. Like I said in a couple podcasts ago uh, here on Octopi, I I had quoted Thomas Tatar saying earlier in the season, you need to play 60 minutes, quote unquote, when they had gotten scored on with five minutes left. This is with 30 seconds left. You guys still got to play a full 60 minutes of hockey. And unfortunately, the Red Wings once again couldn't do that. In this case, it was 65 minutes and they couldn't make the full 65 minutes. Unfortunately, they couldn't get a goal for themselves. So Colorado answered and got a goal for themselves and took the victory. But guys, with these two losses, it really piled up, got the Red Wings frustrated, and they popped off in their next game, which was Friday. In fact, I was at the game, and it was against the Devils. Um, You know, they had kind of a home-and-home with a game in between. The game started at 7.30, and guys, they won 7-4, 7-4 victory. Brennan Smith joined the party, Johan Franzen, you know, guys, I mean, Gustav Nyquist, David Legwand, and from that top line, there was 11 points just from the Detroit Red Wings top line, they were putting a good amount of shots on Corey Schneider, you know, they put 33 shots on him, he made 26 saves, a .788 percentage, you know, his glove hand was just not getting high enough, and Franzen was hitting the roof, and so was Nyquist, Legwand made, made him wait, you know, that goaltender made him drop, and he scored his first goal as a Detroit Red Wing. You know, guys, Jonas Gustafsson, I favored a Jonas this entire season. He had 25 shots on him, 21 saves. It's not too great. You know, he was struggling a little bit with a groin injury, and it seemed like he got affected by that in the second period because, you know, guys, it really scared me. He was transitioning over from the left side of the net to the right side of the net. You could see that he was having a little bit of pain in that groin, but he did have a solid game, and he stayed in for the rest of the game. I think he just wanted to finish the game. You know, guys, everyone really did do well in this game when it came to the wings like I said 11 points on the first line Drew Miller and Kyle Quincy both got on the board and were playing some of the best hockey I've seen this season Quincy still should not be on the team in my perspective perspective of, of it all you know he he has increased his plus minus rating but guys I really think that Xavier Oled and Adam Elmquist will take Kyle Quincy's spot if he is not traded next season Kyle Quincy has been extremely terrible in the neutral zone in goal production you know he's really been slacking um, defensively too I mean that's his position but like guys you know it's really I'm just trying to you know basically pick different parts of his game obviously you know it's the bad defending but it is other parts of his game that he's been struggling with as well um Elmquist already has his first NHL regular season goal scored November 7 2013 earlier this season guys I really think that Elmquist or Olette will be ready next season to take over for Kyle Quincy but you know the victory was nice it was a nice solid 7-4 victory They got a lot of solid productivity from a lot of their starters, and it was a good game for the Wings. You know, there was a point in the game where New Jersey kind of turned it around on them. I talked about it. It was that part in the second period. It made it a 3-2 game, and the Red Wings eventually came back and scored many, many goals (laughs) to be able to put away those New Jersey Devils. But then... They went into New York. They took on the New York Rangers. A mandate showing of 12.30 p.m. on March 9th. It was a Sunday. But, guys, Henrik Lundqvist really did get the best of the Detroit Red Wings that day. And it was a 3 to nothing loss, like I said. And it was bad. There really was not a lot of production at all 
from the side of the Red Wings. And I'm not just talking about goal scoring production. I'm talking about production at all. I'm talking about strong defensive play. I'm talking about moving the puck around the ice. The guys did not play very well. Jimmy Howard, 31 for 28, a .903 save percentage. And he actually got a penalty in this game, which really pushed it over the edge for me. Guys, Jimmy Howard's 13, 15, and 10. I do not think that he should be the starting goaltender right now. And unfortunately, it really, really comes down to your goaltender in this day and age. Henrik Lundqvist, he went 30 for 30. He's 24, 20, and 4 on the season. I mean, he's playing incredibly well this season, Henrik Lundqvist is. And Jimmy Howard, straight up, is not playing that well at all. And it kind of, it really is disappointing when it comes down to a game like this where one goalie is actually just better than the other. But you can't always put the exact blame on the goalie. The Red Wings could not put a goal past Henrik Lundqvist. They had many good scoring opportunities, and I do like to see that out of some of the guys. You know, it was a hard game to watch if you are a Red Wings fan because it's not like they didn't clank the puck off the post a couple times or, you know, try to do something. They tried to make things happen, and quite frankly, they just could not get the game done. Lundqvist is one of the best goalies in the game, and it showed. The Wings had a lot of solid scoring chances, like I said, but guys, it just wasn't enough, and it has to be held together at the end of periods. The shutting down late, you know, it's going to be a hard hard task for the Red Wings to make the playoffs if they continue to play the way that they do and you know it wasn't even reflected in this game as much Um, you know there were two goals that were scored in the third period which kind of made it out of reach for the Red Wings in you know in your mind when you're losing two to nothing 14 seconds in the third period of an NHL hockey game that is a lot of confidence lost right there and that's exactly what happened Chris Kreider he got a goal 14 seconds into the third period and that set the home for the third period for the Rangers who are already up one nothing from a startling goal from Brian Boyle I mean guys the Red Wings weren't able to capitalize on top of the productivity from New York and there were plenty of opportunities with penalties that the Red Wings could have come back and they could have capitalized but they didn't and they lost the game three to nothing and you know That brings me to the final game that I want to talk about today. And guys, I really think that it is one of the biggest games of the week. The game was on Tuesday. It was against the Columbus Blue Jackets Tuesday of this week, March 11th. And guys, such a disappointing loss for the Red Wings. Such a disappointing loss. It was 1-1 after the end of the first period. Danny DeKaiser got a goal off an assist from David Legwand, who's been playing incredibly well. That was his fourth assist, you know, up to date on that game. And guys, oh my, it was rough. It was rough to watch. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 10 minutes left in the game, score three goals. And they scored two of those goals within 40 seconds of each other to give a solid separation for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the worst part about this game, and we talked about this before in a preview You know, guys, it was a must-win game. The Columbus Blue Jackets and Detroit Red Wings were tied going into this game in both games played and points for the last playoff spot in in the conference. Guys, that is really disappointing to see from a member. From an outside perspective, I feel bad for the Red Wings right now. They put 40 shots on Sergei Bobrovsky, and he would not let up. It was he went 39 for 40. That is incredible for an NHL goaltender, a 9.75 save percentage. 
And guys, Peter Morazek, he took 37 shots, and he's a youngster. He's only played in five games this season with a this season with a decision. He's one four and zero though, and unfortunately, with Jimmy Howard going down hours before the game with flu-like symptoms, and Jonas Gustafsson struggling with a groin injury, and I feel like I'm always talking and talking and talking about the injuries that the Red Wings have. Guys, it's really rough to watch these Red Wings and how hurt they are still. They've been hurt the entire season. They're hurt right now, and quite frankly, it's they're going to be hurting for a long time if they do not get their assets back on the ice. Quite frankly, if they didn't bring David Legwan on the team, which we'll talk about in our next segment, you know, it would be a rough look at it all. And really what I want you guys to remember is before this game, it was a must win. The loss of Anderson, in addition to other wings, made this game harder, and they knew that going into it. The top line had to be solid, and the youngster line had to be solid as well. The wings were tied with Columbus with 71 points in 64 games. All right, guys, and after the game, it just wasn't what the Red Wings needed to accomplish. Lashoff went off with an injury and then came back out on the ice, and that was a heart dropper right there because he was one of only a couple defensemen that have played in a consistent amount of games this season. Thomas Yurko actually went down, though, and that's a piece of one of the strongest lines the Red Wings have to offer right now that are that is going down. He has a rib injury. He's going and getting x-rays, getting tests, and he's already been called out of contention for Friday's game against the Oilers. Hopefully, he'll be back against the Chicago Blackhawks. Hopefully, a couple other players like Darren Helm and Daniel Cleary will be able to be back as well. But with all of that happening, with two players almost going down, but one actually going down, Bobrovsky, you know, he was playing phenomenal. He was standing on top of his head. He has the entire season. The Wings were just trying. They just don't have their truly great shooters that can get past the goaltenders in this day and age. It's the age of the goaltender. Like Colorado or New York, if they didn't have Jean-Sebastien Jaguer and Henrik Lundqvist, respectively, they wouldn't be in the the same caliber of any other team in the NHL. Those two goaltenders truly are they are amazing, and Sergei Bobrovsky is putting up his contention, too, for a top goaltender spot. Peter Mrazek, he's a rookie. He wasn't able to provide the Red Wings what they needed, and the only option for the Wings, you know, he was just too young and too small to be able to handle a fiery Columbus team that was coming for the Red Wings. Gus and Howard are hurt. It's troubling. It's scary. But, guys, that is all the review that we have for the week. And I don't even want to talk about last week anymore. I'm just going to finish it off at this. The Red Wings next week going up against teams like Chicago, teams like Pittsburgh, teams like Toronto, teams like Tampa Bay, you know, and then the small games like against the Oilers, those are especially must-win games. But these big games coming up, guys, it's going to be difficult for the Red Wings. And I honestly don't know what it's going to take to be able to win those games but they have to and quite frankly I say that I don't know what it takes but I'm lying to you guys I know exactly what it takes and I want to give you guys another segment here in Octopi Hockey Town and it's five points as to why 
I think the Red Wings are still going to keep their playoff streak alive. You know, I've been all shaky the entire episode. I wanted to scare you guys a little bit, but I have faith. I really do have faith in this Red Wings team. You know, Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko, when Yurko gets back onto the ice, I don't think it's going to be that rough of an injury on him. You know, it might be a couple bruised ribs, but he was not down on the ice. He got, in fact, got back into the play before he left. You know, I really think that he's going to be back out on the ice. He wants to play. He's a youngster. It's easier for him to get back out on the ice rather other than, you know, the old folks home that the Red Wings have going on right now with their injury list piling up. It's a bunch of veterans, a bunch of older gentlemen that take a little bit longer to recover. Thomas Yurko, yeah, Thomas Yurko, he's a young guy. You know, guys, he will get back out on the ice quick. And I think that is a key asset. The only part of the Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko line that needs to step up is the line really needs to increase in their plus minus and refine their decision making coming down the stretch. I mean, they're young. But if they are given the opportunity, I know after watching Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko play this entire season, they have the determination to be able to get where they need to be come the time of the playoffs. And that means being in a playoff spot. Guys, Yurko has five goals, five assists in 25 games, but a minus three rating. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, they're getting production, they're getting goals, they're getting assists, but they need to be making smarter plays so they aren't getting opponents to score on them while they're on the ice. Sheehan, he has to make a little bit more development, but he has gotten a lot bigger and a lot stronger since camp this summer, and he's been a great asset with a fiery wrist shot that he found about halfway through the season. Tatar is the hands and the smarts of this line, though. For being as small as he is, he is fiery. 14 goals, 12 assists, plus 3 rating. You know, that is the, it's kind of low, but considering his line mates, plus minus rating he's doing well it's because he's on the power play it's because he's a trusted player and the guy really is developing heavily for this Red Wings team the David Legwan and Johan Franz and working together scheme I love that going right going on right now and it needs to continue Johan Franz and is famous for down the stretch of the season getting hot stopping for a little bit and then getting hot in the playoffs this time around, Johan Franzen cannot stop scoring. He cannot stop getting assists. He needs to be playing like the Johan Franzen that everybody loves to see in order for the Red Wings to make the playoffs. The return of Darren Helm, Pavel Datsuk, and Joachim Anderson, that will be a massive, massive part of the Red Wings making it to the playoffs and even succeeding, if they do make the playoffs, succeeding within the playoffs. The return of three starting centers with three to four weeks left in the NHL regular season is something that any team would hope for. You know, the wings are very deep at that center position, but when injuries pile up, the list of options dwindled down. Legwan, the acquisition of Legwan, like we will talk, like I said, you know, guys, we have a lot to talk about today and we will talk about David Legwan. So I'm going to skip that, but he is a help. Corey Emerton was called up for Yoakam Anderson. Corey Emerton is, you know, he's a little guy. He's kind of small. He started the season on the roster and then found his way off the roster and then now is finding his way back on. Um, he does not do the job as well as Yoakam Anderson does. Yoakam Anderson is a phenomenal penalty killer. He's a phenomenal asset to have on that penalty kill line, to have in clutch situations. As much as he doesn't score goals, he really is a great defending forward, and that's what the Red Wings utilize on that third, fourth line, and then also on their penalty kill, like I said. Um, obviously, guys, Pavel Datsuk, he's dynamic. He's great. He's the best two-way hockey player in the game. 
But you know, guys, maybe he isn't going to be able to contribute as much as he would be able to, of course, if he were 100%. He's always been a wait-and-see type of guy. He always likes to feel his way out. Quite frankly, before the Sochi games, it was a dumb decision to go in terms of help, but he wanted to live the dream of being the captain in his home country of Russia, and he did do that. But unfortunately, he just doesn't have the legs underneath him right now. I could see it in his play in the Olympics, and I could see it in his play when he came back and played for the Wings. He isn't playing solid right now, and that's devastating to see for a player, you know, to the caliber of Pavel Datsu. You know, I would say another point down the stretch is the team needs to be thriving. Quite frankly, the Wings, with their setbacks, you know, they're against the wall right now. The 2013 shortened season, having to win their last four games of four, I mean, that is a hard thing to have to watch. You lose one game, you're out of the playoffs, but they did it. Quite frankly, with the amount of injuries out, if you know the players don't come back, that the Red Wings need to score goals and be able to protect their goaltender, it's not going to be able to happen. The Red Wings have a lot of help on their offensive end for with defense and that is something that a lot of teams don't have and quite frankly the Red Wings are missing that right now heavily they've always been a team of decent goaltending not great some you know it's really a different season I'm telling you I see it and if the Red Wings don't miss the playoffs this season I'm not trying to say that you know if none of these things happen the Red Wings won't make the playoffs if all of these things happen the Red Wings will make the playoffs exactly you know things can happen things can change people could not come back other people could get injured you never know but I think that the Red Wings really could pull it together at the end I hope that the Red Wings can pull it together at the end but right now it is does not look like they are going to but like I said I, I mean that's from an outside perspective and I'm giving you the inside perspective and Mike Babcock guys he's a winning coach and he wants to continue winning he doesn't want to be considered the coach that ended the streak or even have a team that ends the streak Babcock is going to do everything in his power to get his guys up to speed but injuries have been a plague on the team throughout the season and the playoffs will be a great accomplishment for the amount of struggles that the team has gone through this year and finally guys they have looked better in the second half of this season than the first and that's a fact I mean they have been playing better they've gotten more wins they've gotten more goals they've closed separations they've gotten you know plus minus rates they have gotten better I was listing off a bunch of minus players earlier but those minus ratings were worse earlier in the season but to help that out and this is going into our next segment. I want to talk about the acquisition of David Legwan. David Legwan, guys, what a smart move by Ken Holland, our GM at the Red Wings organization downtown. You know, he acquired David Legwan from Nashville, who was an assistant captain for Patrick Eves, Kelly Yurkonik, and a third-round draft pick. That Kelly guy, he was a centerman, actually, and the Red Wings are so depth at center, and Nashville liked what the guy had that they gave him their centerman, and and Patrick Eves, he's a shooter. Nashville needs a little bit more help in the shooting column and in goal scoring. You know, David Legwan, he's a passer, and the Red Wings needed a passer. They needed somebody to be able to move around the puck. They needed a veteran guy, and they went out there, and they got him. And he's also, he showed interest in Detroit for many years now. Legwan, he's 33 years old. He's a centerman, born in Detroit. This season, he has 10 goals and 30 assists in 62 games. He's a very reliant player. He doesn't get injured a lot. Knock on wood. You never know if the Detroit Red Wings have a curse right now. You know, 
I really think that he's a great ass. And the 2011-2012 playoffs, he had six points. And he really will flourish with the Detroit Red Wings. He really has his heart in the city. He loves the fact that he has the wing wheeled on his chest. And quite frankly, Patrick Eves, he had two goals and three assists with a minus four rating in 25 games. That's not that good. Quite frankly, the Red Wings looked at their goals for and their goals against. And they looked at it. They looked at it hard. They said, oh, wow. We need to fix this, and they did. The Red Wings went out. They got a good player, and especially with the loss of Henrik Zetterberg for the rest of the season because of a herniated disc, and, of course, Pavel Datsuk and Darren Helm being injured so frequently at those forward and center positions. I mean, guys, they needed help, and they went out, and they found it. Um, I really think that he's already starting off strong. It'll really affect the team positively. Um, he's a great puck feeder to anyone on the ice. He's extremely strong for being 33 years old, and he's also 6'2", which adds length on the stick and being able to get around the pucks, reach around guys. It's a massive benefit when you're trying to get the puck you know, along the boards and into the center for a quick shot. He really has speed. He has length. He can get to pucks quicker. He's stronger. I really like the pickup of David Legwan. I mean, the chances of making the playoffs have definitely been increased with the caliber that Legwan is as a player and a leader. I mean, let's keep in mind, he was an assistant captain for a solid Nashville Predators team that, in fact, knocked the Red Wings out of the playoffs, but he wanted to come to Detroit when he was a free agent. He's going to play all of his heart out and make sure that Detroit is at least contending, and in the weeks past, he has already begun his work, guys. He's doing extremely well right now. It is great to have David Legwan in Hockey Town, and I would just like to take a personal minute to say welcome to Hockey Town, David Legwan, and I hope that you can bring us to the promised land, and that promised land is a 23rd consecutive playoff appearance. So guys, I only have two more things to tell you about, and that is solely about the next two games that are coming up, and this is our fifth and final segment here in Octopi Hockey Town today, and I would just like to say, up until now, thank you very much for, you know, listening to everything that I had to say, taking it into consideration, but I would really like you to take this into consideration down the stretch here, and they're you know, it, it's a big deal right now. Peter Morazic might have to play again, um, unless Jonas Gustafsson can get back out on the ice. I do not think that Jimmy Howard will be over this flu, quite frankly. I would prefer Jonas Gustafsson a net against the Edmonton Oilers just to get him ready and all set up to play against the Chicago Blackhawks. If the Red Wings win both of these games, it will be extremely, extremely helpful. The Wings have beaten the Oilers 5-0 this season. Peter Morazic played them the last time, but like I said, don't be shocked if Gustafson will be in net. And if not, Morazic will get the start. He has proven that he, you know, the one win that he got this season, he got against the Oilers. And like I said, he is a 1-4-0 goaltender on the season as a rookie. The team could potentially have Darren Hunt back along with Daniel Cleary and it'll give the team a lot more speed and a lot more shooting options and a lot more grinding options so hopefully those two players can get back into the ice and then a third player in Jonas Gusebson if not Peter Morazek I like the goalie he's just a little young and down the stretch teams are playing hard right now against the Edmonton Oilers on Friday March 14th is the game and it'll be at 7 30 p.m. Um, the next game following that is against the Chicago Blackhawks and it is at in Chicago, guys, 
Sunday, March 16th, 7.30 p.m. It is a big game of an old divisional rivalry. The Red Wings, of course, played the Blackhawks in the playoffs last season, lost in Game 7 on a shot from Brent Seabrook that went off Nicholas Cronwall. You know, the Wings are very good against the Blackhawks, but at the same time, they have a very good chance of collapsing. I think it'll be a high-intensity game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, even though the Red Wings are injured right now. Crawford and Howard have both been decent as of late, but not enough to stop the fiery shots of either team. I would hope that Jimmy Howard could be back against Chicago, you know, but that that's simply because I really want him to feel better. I don't know if I want him to be playing for the Red Wings. In my eyes, if Gustafson is ready, you stick with Gus. Gus has been playing better all season. He's been a lot more consistent. He's gotten a lot. He's gotten the same amount of victories in way less games. He's still in single digits in both his regulation losses and his overtime losses. And, you know, guys, Marion Hossa, he'll be out still, and the Wings will heavily benefit from that because Marion Hossa really does know the Red Wings extremely well and you know the rivalry guys it's going to be a good game it's going to be playoff style hockey and I think it's going to be really good you know against the Edmonton Oilers you know I tried to predict a couple a couple games last week I was right about goal scorers again in the first New Jersey game I guess that Franz would have two goals and that Adam Henrique would score which was kind of mind-blowing it wasn't actually mind-blowing I actually do know my stuff here and you know I think that the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks you know guys these are two games that are winnable but they're two games that are going to be challenging and honestly the Edmonton Oilers are going to be a little bit more challenging than the Chicago Blackhawks just uh, based on the fact that the Red Wings are going to have less assets and less pretty much less everything going against the Edmonton Oilers than they are the Chicago Blackhawks those extra couple days are going to be able to you know nurse the injuries for the players that just went down Thomas Yurko you know Daniel Cleary, you know, Pavel Datsuk. I don't think Pavel, obviously, Pavel Datsuk isn't going to be back for three weeks as of March 5th, you know, but there, there's a lot, there are a few players that will be coming back for the Red Wings, and hopefully, 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 the Red Wings can get those key victories. I'm guessing a 3-1 to one victory over the Edmonton Oilers, and I think a close nail-biting game could go into overtime against Chicago, either a 4-3 to or a 5-4 to kind of game. You know, we got going on there. It's always fun playing Chicago. It's always a real rowdy game. I like watching it with my buddies that I know from Chicago here at Michigan State University, and it's always nice to see the Detroit fans representing the red and white and the Chicago fans representing the red and black. Guys, that is all that we have for Octopi Hockey Town today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Octopi. We will be back again hopefully next week with a special edition and an edition of Octopi Hockey Town. On the special edition, we're going to get a little roundtable in, get a couple different opinions about whether or not the Red Wings can actually make the playoffs. It will be a massive segment. Hopefully we get Lou DeVizio. We'll have Anthony Serafino, maybe even a little bit of David DeFever, who hosts Behind the Mask, which is MSU Spartan Hockey. Shout out to Michigan State University. But guys, it will be a couple analysts inside the studio at 88.9 FM WDBM East Lansing. We'll jump in that studio and we will debate the Stanley Cup playoff picture. Make sure to check us out every single week on www.impact89fm.org slash sports. As you know, I am your host, Austin Goodman. And guys, I cannot wait for the next one. Thank you very much and you have a wonderful evening.